0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Pillow Talk. This is Travis.
1: Hi, I'm Ashley.
0: And we've got questions.
1: We do have questions this time. I, You know, it's, it's funny, if we have a month where we don't have questions, I generally just like to take on a random topic. But oddly enough, it's going to be kind of both. This time we have questions and uh and their personal questions but then we also have a series of questions that will more or less form a topic which is perfect for tomorrow's episode of pet cemetery
0: yeah it lines up pretty well
1: (laughs) so you'll hear me talk about it tomorrow and uh, it's weird that we recorded tomorrow's episode for today (laughs) or before today's but uh excuse me guys i'm dealing with allergies again, so I'm going to sound a little under the weather, so just bear with me. So before we take on our questions, uh, we saw a few new movies this week. First, if anybody isn't in the know, The Batman came out on HBO Max this week, so I was super excited for that because I watched it, and unfortunately I was really tired, so I started kind of falling asleep in the last act of it. So I got to rewatch it again this time, and I still really enjoyed the hell out of it. I think you didn't so much share that opinion
0: well it's boring it's a boring movie (laughs) oh it it just is it starts off good you get a good beat down from batman and and after that it slows down a lot i think that pattinson did a pretty good job as batman Mm -hmm. i think that um ah, what's his butt riddler
1: uh paul dano
0: yeah that guy (laughs) he did I think he, he did a good Riddler. He
1: was amazing. I think
0: that Colin Farrell was unrecognizable as the penguin. I yeah. think he did a great job. So the acting performances I, f- I feel like were pretty solid, but yeah, it just there Not wasn't enough you. action for me. And I say that I made it what's a 3-hour movie? I made yeah. it like an hour and a half in <laughs> So, and I'll, I'll stand behind what I said before. Every fucking Batman iteration does not have to have a Catwoman. It's not that she was bad. It's just, God damn, guys, you don't have to put Catwoman in all of them.
1: He comes out swinging. I, I, I to. Well, it's to, nothing against the
0: actress though. Yeah. It's just. She was fine. There's more to the Batman world than the Joker, Catwoman, the Riddler, and Penguin. Yeah. There's more content there. Mix it up a little. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fucking mix and match.
1: <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> well, as much as I do enjoy it, and I I did enjoy this take on it, I still stand by my opinion too that I like the Nolan movies better. I like Christian Bale better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I loved Robert Pattinson in this. I I thought it was really great. I, I enjoyed his take on it. Um, for all intents and purposes, emo Batman as we're calling him. But I don't know. I I just uh I, I've been having this. I guess kind of love affair with christian bale lately i've watched american psycho like a hundred times probably in the last couple of months and you know going back and rewatching the nolan trilogy he's just for me he's far superior than anybody else but that's just my opinion
0: yeah i didn't have a, an issue with any of the performances for many of the actors or actresses that were in it so that's not it i'm not you know uh beating down anybody based on the performance or anything like that this just is not the version of batman for me Mm-hmm. I guess I did appreciate that he was actually a detective mm-hmm. in this, mm-hmm. but yeah, there just there wasn't enough action. It, it slowed down way too much. the The pacing was too slow to keep my interest. Honestly,
1: I was I don't
0: fall asleep during the Nolan movies.
1: I was looking at a lot of comments from people, and th- there were a lot of people that hated it, said it sucked, and said the same thing you did. said it was really boring, and it didn't. <sighs> I, I would like to say it seemed divisive, but it really wasn't. There were so many people saying that it sucked. But this was one of those Facebook ads for HBO Max, so I don't know. It was completely different on Twitter. On Twitter, everybody loved it.
0: Well, I think that there are people out there that this is this is Batman that's going to work for them. You know, he's more of the detective comics type of Batman.
1: Exactly, and I appreciated that. And that's,
0: that's great. It's just not... Like I said, it's just not the Batman for me. In other news, you watched another movie.
1: I sure did. That
0: I also slept through most of.
1: (laughs) I think it wasn't because you found it boring. It was just literally because I was watching it so late.
0: Uh, That could have been it. But (laughs) honestly, there were no characters in that movie that I got attached to. And of course, we're talking about x
1: i'm like of the completely opposite opinion
0: Yeah, i didn't i didn't care what happened to any of those people if anything i felt bad for the old lady i mean we probably shouldn't do spoilers but <laughs> i felt worse for her and the old man than i did any of the people that showed up
1: oh it's, it's not like it's not that i felt bad for those characters it was more just that i didn't find any of them unlikable necessarily I there, I mean, you have the standard trope in most slashers where you probably pretty much dislike everybody. There's a few exceptions out there like um, Friday the 13th, the final, final chapter, which we're going to be covering soon. And I liked all of those kids. So this was one where I thought the performances were really great. I heard a reviewer somewhere say that, oh, no, no, it wasn't a reviewer. It was actually in the film. One of the characters says, you can make a dirty movie that's good. And this is exactly how that felt, because normally a bunch of gratuitous TNA is not my thing. I mean, I've stated that. A bunch of times throughout the series, but this, it didn't take me out of it. I went into it knowing that it was gonna be like Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that actually got me really excited because I, w- I was anxious to see what it was gonna be about. And I loved everything from the aesthetic. To the grittiness and the artisticness. I mean, it was just it was great. It was like, oh, what's that word that I was talking about that everybody gets pissed off at now? Oh, elevated. It was like an elevated slasher and I, I I dug it. So yeah, it's uh it's gory when you need it to be gory and the gore's great. The practical effects were great. Um I enjoyed all of the performances. I adore Mia Goth, everything I've seen her in, she's always great.
0: Um Which one was she?
1: The freckled girl. Girl. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I usually like Britney Snow in most stuff. She was okay. I was kind of surprised I saw as much of her as I did.
0: <laughs> was that the the blonde actress?
1: Yes. And Kid Cudi, I was surprised he turned into a pretty great performance. And then um, and Jenna Ortega, who's out there, she's been killing it in the horror genre over the last few years. I think the first thing I saw her in was The Babysitter Two, and then after that, Scream Five. Five cream whatever <laughs> and then this and i'm just like she's really out there like trying to become like a new scream queen like i'm she's out there doing it so kudos to her
0: yeah see, you know you just brought up the babysitter now that's a horror movie i can get behind
1: It's <laughs> only because you like what's her face
0: <laughs> she's good though <laughs> what's that other one um where they're playing a game
1: um, Guns Akimbo?
0: Well, that one, too. But then there's, you know, like she's getting married to this guy. And
1: oh, 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 ready or not.
0: Yeah, ready or not. I was
1: thinking about... She's
0: pretty excellent in that one, too. I was
1: thinking about the one with Steven Yun, and I can't remember the name of it anymore.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah, they where they're assaulting that office. It's like zombies, but not zombies.
1: Yeah, it's like they're, it is all screwed up or some yeah. shit. But I can't... Oh, man, I feel terrible. I can't remember the I mean, name of it She's been right in a few
0: movies. She's really good.
1: She's, she's awesome. Yeah, she deserves everything. She's like Margot Robbie, only better.
0: She would probably make a better Harley Quinn.
1: I think she's just crazy enough to pull it off, I honestly. think
0: she would pull off the crazy part better than Margot Robbie. And I don't have anything against Margot Robbie. It's just, I think that girl's got that. Yeah. It's shitty that I can't, I don't even know what her name is. Like, I can't remember it right now. Samara Weaving. Yeah, her.
1: (laughs) Took me a minute, but I finally remembered. (laughs) Now, if only I could remember that movie I was talking about.
0: (laughs) I know, right? But anyway, I watched a movie. On my own, I went out and watched a horror movie of my own volition. Go
1: out, technically.
0: No, I went to my recliner. (laughs) (laughs) But that is not the point. The point is, I actively sought out a horror movie on my own terms and watched it without you i'm and that was so
1: proud of you honey
0: antlers i, I just watched it because it's supposed to have a wendigo in it that's the yeah. only reason i watched it
1: because there's really not a lot of wendigo movies out there
0: there's n- almost zero content for that well I, I say that like if you go to shutter and search you're gonna find some movies that probably have a wendigo in it and they were probably made with like a i don't know two three hundred dollar budget <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty awful, but it was actually really good. Carrie Russell turned in a good performance. Um, Todd from Breaking Bad—I don't know the guy's name.
1: Jesse Plemons.
0: Him too. He did. He actually. He, well, he turned into Jesse Plemons' performance. He's the sheriff, and he's just kind of. I think a lot of people really bit. like him right now. But he did good. I mean, he played the role. So mm-hmm. all I all I think about when I could see him is like Todd, you dick, you killed that kid. <laughs> Yeah, I'm biased when it comes to him, but he did he did do a good job. And I wish I knew the the name of the kid that plays sort of the lead character in this in that movie.
1: What little bits I caught, that boy was giving it everything. Like
0: that kid killed it.
1: Yeah, he reminded me of a really young Jack Gleason, kind of in that Batman Begins era. That's exactly who I was thinking of because I remember thinking, oh, this boy's really cute.
0: Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, but he was I just, you know,
1: that. he kind of had that sickly thing about him. He kind of looks like my nephew a little bit. I'm mean, not that I'm saying that my nephew looks sickly, but they just, those boys kind of all look similar, so.
0: No, that was something that kind of struck me in this movie, is that this kid was, un- he's unbelievably thin. And I don't know if that's natural or not, but I saw him and I was like, uh, it made me think of Christian Bale in The Mechanic.
1: The Machinist.
0: That too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, you're you're
1: talking to a Christian Bale fanatic here. Yeah,
0: well, you haven't been watching (laughs) The Machinist. So, kid turned in a great performance. Um, Obviously, it's a creature feature, so it's probably not for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed it. Thought the the special effects were good. Uh, They do do practical effects, but obviously, you can't really practical effect a Wendigo, Mm -hmm. so that is CG. You can tell in some shots where it is, but Mm -hmm. overall, I thought it was a good movie. Totally watch it.
1: I caught little bits and pieces unfortunately i was having to do stupid adult stuff like laundry today so kind of had my hands full but what few scenes i did catch it was pretty interesting so i'll have to give it a shot
0: you know what really surprised me what's that i liked carrie russell in that movie
1: what's not to like about carrie russell felicity <laughs> shut up
0: felicity is what's not to like. i've
1: been watching carrie russell ever since Honey, I blew up the kid and followed her into Felicity and okay, pretty much been watching I, I her since. I just sons. want
0: you to know that you ruined Carrie Russell for me with Felicity, <laughs> but she totally redeemed herself in this movie. So if you haven't seen X, check it out. If you check haven't seen out. Antlers, check it out.
1: Check it out.
0: Two totally different movies. Yeah. But you will. I will almost guarantee, not like Men's Warehouse guarantee it, <laughs> but almost guarantee that you will like one of them. Probably both.
1: So, want to hear something funny, is over dinner, Travis, when <laughs> we were going to sit down, Travis had it on Hobo with a Shotgun, and I immediately told him, um, this movie's not appropriate for Isabel to watch. <laughs> so he said, well, what do you want me to put it on then? And I said, I don't know. So we get to looking, he pulls up family films, and I saw A Treasure from my childhood, which is a good segue into our questions, because the movie in question was Milo and Otis, which I had not seen since i was a little kid
0: yeah and neither of us knew that that whole movie was shot in japan
1: no i did not know that
0: i I don't know Maybe we it's were, just Dudley Moore was narrating it, so uh, I assumed it was in the UK. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. Well, some of the shots I was looking at, I was like, this kind of looks like Georgia a little bit, like yeah. some of the rivers and shit. But no, I Isabel is our big animal lover, and I knew that she would love it. And she was actually sitting there enjoying it for the most part. But I thought this was a perfect uh, introduction to segue into our questions. And our first questions come from our good friend Karima, and she asked us this week. What is your favorite childhood memory? Travis, do you want to start? You want me to start?
0: Um, I guess I can start. Um, I don't know. That's kind of a tough one for me. I'm not going to like go into the whole history of what my childhood was like, but I think probably one of my fondest memories, my dad worked on an oil rig for a while, and uh, he took me to work with him once. And we stopped and got chocolate milk and honey buns. That was breakfast. Which, if you ever put dad in charge of breakfast, that's what you were going to get. <laughs> you were going to get chocolate milk and honey buns. And I got to go to the the Derek with him and just hang out all day. I, I think I slept a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> he was pulling like 16 hour shifts or some shit like that. It was crazy. But anyway, that, that was, that was a good day. That was a cool day. I got to spend the whole day with Dad. So yeah. What about you?
1: Mine's a <laughs> little, I mean, it's still lighthearted, but it's not as sweet. Mine's <laughs> It's horribly embarrassing from one of my little brothers, but it's just it's a story or memory. If I think about it really hard, I just I get tickled every time I think about it. That's that we we performed a lot of jackass stunts when we were kids. And I almost feel bad that I didn't bring this up in our jackass themed pillow talk episode. But there was this one time we had one of those play school. I mean, what do you call it? I call we called it a Flintstone car. It was a big plastic bubble car. That I had, think
0: it's called a cozy. Coop. is it yeah you do it the red bottom and the yellow roof
1: yeah yeah it's yeah it's kind yeah. of
0: round and it doesn't
1: have feet in it
0: yeah yeah. so you Fred read flint's done that thing everywhere
1: so my youngest brother he was three years old at the time which would have made my other brother five and my brother robert he tied a rope around his waist and tied the other end to the car to pull my brother around in it. So sounds cute, right? Not in my family. No. (laughs) So he starts walking him along and then for whatever reason breaks off into a dead ass sprint. (laughs) And I think at the time Jonathan was enjoying it well enough but then he got to running too fast and there was a stump in the middle of the backyard and my brother hit the car with the stump or hit the yeah and it sends this car flying and i'm not even exaggerating it sent this car flying through the air and my little brother flipped Like, literally flipped in the car. And he, when he fell, you know, when it got stopped, of course, he's laying there crying, you know, because he's a little guy at the time. But the part that was funny is when we all ran over to him, he he had shit himself Oh, man. And I've got so many stories like that. But unfortunately, I cannot think of most of them right now. But a lot of them do involve Jonathan. So but yeah, that's just it's one of those things I like to look back on it. And I have a giggle at it and then usually give John a hard time about it. But yeah, that, that's one I'd have to pick for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I did something similar to that to my little brother.
1: <laughs> I know the
0: story. Except I got a black eye for my trouble. <laughs> from a tree not from little brother
1: oh you may as well go ahead and tell the story we're here
0: that was kind of the same thing we had one of those little red like radio flyer wagons and he was sitting in it and i was pulling him around the yard and i thought it'd be funny and yanked on it really hard and he rolled off the back he didn't get hurt he didn't cry until i started laughing at him (laughs) And then he started chasing me and screaming, so I ran. But it's hard to run and laugh hysterically at the same time, (laughs) and it's even harder to run and laugh hysterically at the same time when you feel like you need to constantly look over your shoulder to laugh at the person who's chasing you. And at some point, I turned around, and Dad planted trees in the yard at that house, and none of them were very big, so their limbs were very low. And I ran eyeball first into one of those limbs, (laughs) and the next morning I was sporting a really, really, really impressive black eye like i just gone a couple rounds with ivan drago
1: and there is photographic evidence of this too
0: there is and it's (laughs) me sitting there with my big black eye and my little brother sitting next to me laughing about it so (laughs) i kind of earned that one actually that was instant karma that's what that was
1: but moving on to our next question from Karima. She asks, if you were a superhero, what powers would you have? I feel like my answer is always the same every time. And that's that I want invisibility and super speed.
0: I'm pretty sure you copied me on that. Because we've asked. I did not
1: copy We you. have
0: answered this question before, just not in this forum. And I said invisibility. And you were like, oh, yeah, that'd be great.
1: Well, yeah, yeah that's why it's my pick.
0: Because it was my pick first. <laughs> pick your own.
1: Because if you had invisibility and super speed, then you could rob a bank really fast. Nobody would ever see you do it. So it's like The Flash, but invisible.
0: If you're invisible, then you don't need to be really fast.
1: Yeah, but I'm a paranoid person by nature. I'd want to get out of there fast if I did that.
0: <laughs> um, Damn, you took mine. I gotta pick something else.
1: I know you wouldn't want to fly. I already know that. No,
0: no, I couldn't. I couldn't do like the Superman thing. Like, If I had the superpower of flight, I would probably never get more than about three or four feet off the ground because any higher than that. And I'd be like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> back down. Um, I don't know. I think that, like, telepathy or telekinesis would be good, too.
1: See, that would be my backup. I always thought that those psychic powers would be really cool, too. Yeah, I
0: think that'd be kind of cool.
1: It'd be really awesome if I could set my job on fire with my mind. You
0: probably shouldn't document that thought.
1: (laughs) I think most of us share that opinion about our jobs,
0: probably. Just in case. I don't.
1: (laughs) Well, you like your job.
0: (laughs) I do. So... What else you got? I'm ready. What fresh torture did Karima send us for oh, question that, number 2? Oh, that's it two? from Karima this week. Oh, it's a short week. <laughs>
1: So our next series of question is pretty fortuitous because tomorrow's episode is going to be on Pet Cemetery and we had my best friend, Mary, guest star on it. And this next series of questions comes from her and is Stephen King related. She also requested that Aiden be part of this series of questions. So, Aiden.
2: Howdy gang. <laughs> I'm here again. They dragged me in here against my will. Please help.
1: Uh, I would beg to differ and say that Mary dragged you here against your will.
2: I haven't been fed in 30 days. Please. <laughs> They keep asking me to make funny jokes. They won't let me leave my room. It's it's bad. Please send
0: help. <laughs> so are you saying that we've been forcing you to stay in your room, drink Mountain Dew, and play Elden Ring? Is that what we've been forcing you to do? Because that's what you've been doing. <laughs> that's fair
1: not to mention the chili dog you had right before you went into play
2: no 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 you have been (laughs) locking me up in my room for days asking me to make funny jokes for the podcast
1: i believe it was chili dogs and italian cream cake yeah you got a rough buddy
2: it's the worst (laughs) please help anyway your biggest
0: problem right now is a surplus of sunflower seeds
2: (laughs) my biggest problem right now is you won't let me have a piece of that lemon pie it's a tart thank you very much it's pie-shaped and pie-sized, therefore it is a pie.
1: <laughs> this, uh, These are several questions here, so it might take us a hot minute, but we're going to do our best to make Mary happy and trudge through it. So our first question is, your first Stephen King book, and how old were you?
2: For me specifically? Uh, it's for just, all of us, okay, but you yeah. um, know, <laughs> you can he start. Can, he can go first. Yeah. Okay. We'll just do it in order.
0: He can go first, you go second, I'll go last.
2: Okay. My first Stephen King book was um technically technically Wizard and Glass, which I know is the second book, third right? Third, third is book. it the third third book. No, book. fourth book. <sighs> yeah, Gunslinger The Wastelands of is third. Of the three.
1: Wastelands is was third and then Wizarding Oh yeah, so Glass. it would be the okay.
2: fourth. But um I opened it up and read like a paragraph and then managed to get bored of it um, when I was like... 10 because it was when dad had moved all of his books into my room. Because I, because like we pretty well filled that entire bookcase as soon as I got here. The first one I read to completion was actually what's the name of the first book? Is the first book just The Gunslinger? The Gunslinger. The Gunslinger. Okay, I thought so. Um, It was The Gunslinger. Read it to completion it was what, 13? It was a couple years ago and I really enjoyed it. Cool.
1: So I believe I was about the same age. I think I might have been 14 when I first read. Or started King, and my first book was Carrie. I mean, naturally, teenage girl. So I read it. I related, as most of us around Carrie's age would do. Adored it, and that that pretty much cemented my love of Stephen King right there. And uh, the place that I read it, it was a friend of my aunt's, and I would go to her house after school because she was also my aunt's neighbor. I'd as soon as I'd finish one book, I'd go back to her house and pretty much be like, "What else you got?" So after a period of time. She actually ended up giving me her Stephen King collection. And this turns into a sad story because when Travis and I started dating and decided to move in together, my mom packed up my books in a garbage bag of all things and somebody mistook it for garbage and threw them all away. Like, I legit cried because I'm sure some of those were first editions because they were really old and it just, oh man, it breaks my heart. But luckily, Travis and I, between the two of us and a lot of uh, flea marketing and old (laughs) bookstoring, have managed to replenish our collection.
0: Um, I didn't read King when I was a teenager. Um, I didn't get into King until I was probably in my early 20s and my first book was Gunslinger. So, um... That's pretty much the whole question, right? What was the first yeah. book, and how old were you? Yeah, yeah, and, but that started it. You know, the opening line: "The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed."
1: Best opening line of a book ever.
0: The best opening of anything ever. Yeah, that's and fair. I was I was pretty much hooked after that. Yeah so
1: well that leads to our next question your favorite book um that's hard okay I'll start (laughs) you think about it while I start so my favorite book is probably going to be The Stand I read that over the pandemic when it first started and it seemed like a daunting task to start with because this book is fucking huge to anybody who knows um I believe it was even longer to begin with and Stephen King actually was told he had to shorten it quite a bit um I love loved all of the characters I mean there were there weren't characters I didn't like. Even the bad guys were likable, which is really strange. Travis is literally sitting over here singing, Baby, Can You Dig Your Man? right now, but <laughs> not really. <laughs> but it's, I got so emotionally invested in that book and stressed out in that book, scared. It's such a well-told story and such an epic that by the time I got finished reading it, I was crying. Like That's how invested I got in it. So that's why it's my favorite. So,
2: so mine by far has to be The Drawing of the Three. It's a good book. Um, but that was because just reading that, I fell in love with all of the characters of that series from start to finish. Also, Blaine is a pain. That's but, not um,
0: in the drawing of the three. Isn't
2: it at the end? Mm-hmm. Yes,
1: he's right. He's yeah. right. It starts at the end and then you're going, oh my God, oh my God. And it goes right into. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah.
0: that's part of Jake's yeah. sort of hallucination. Yeah.
1: That's why I got pissed off at Wizard and Glass the first time I read it because that stuff with Blaine had just ended mm-hmm. and I was so invested in that. So when we go into this prequel, I'm like, what? No. <laughs> and so you had to wait until, I guess the waste, not the waste wastelands uh, fuck i'm tired whatever book Wasn't five is wolves of wolves of
2: color
0: yeah i think that's right yeah.
2: yeah but um i loved i loved eddie eddie's great um eddie was just fantastic um i really enjoyed the face-off when they meet Detta walker there for the at the very start when she ends up in the wastelands with them i thought that was really cool um and then oi oi is just it's oi i don't think that you can go wrong with oi just best character in that entire series i agree and Jake. you're
0: just saying that because you love trash pandas
2: that's fair that's, that's <laughs> fair but jake was jake, jake
1: and it's not moments. every time you get to have a book where there's like a naked shootout because of drugs either so <laughs>
0: only <laughs> there know, in eastern the promises naked
2: bathroom, the naked bathroom shootout
1: Midworld promises
0: <laughs> right you know vigo mortensen might have made a decent roland honestly now that we bring that up
1: i can see
0: that yeah yeah anyway side note oh me is it my turn Yeah, it's your turn oh shit well let's see i would like to say that my favorite book is the gunslinger yeah i think that's what i'm gonna have to go with there's another book called regulators which is really good desperation is actually really good and there's a short story called the long walk that i really like a lot. Um, that's one I wish they'd make into a movie, but that may be a question that comes up in a minute. But, yeah, I think I'll have to go with, with that, with The Gunslinger. Just because, I don't know, maybe it reminded me somewhat of the westerns that I had to sit through when I was a kid. You know? You got, like, uh, all the Clint Eastwood shit. Uh, what is it? Fistful of Dollars. A Few Dollars More. The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. All those, uh, like, spaghetti westerns and shit that he was in. And, honestly, that's, that's who... Roland really was modeled after was the Sergio Leone cowboy of a sort. So
1: and that whole climax and toll was
0: yeah I I don't know I, it just the way they la- the way he laid the groundwork that Roland is the Terminator in a cowboy hat yeah and it just how oh, it got me it it hooked me like it from the very beginning I was I wanted to see him win mm-hmm. even fair. though he was completely <laughs> at least in that first book an irredeemable psychopath or he, sociopath he was, he was basically rather. the villain he in any other story he would have been the villain
2: he massacred an entire town literally in the first hundred pages yeah
0: he's completely single-minded and ruthless but yeah anyway and that's one of the reasons that's my favorite series is because you get to see his evolution he begins as a man turns into a machine and then back to a man by the end so if you haven't read it read it
2: yes
1: our next question is one if any that just didn't live up to what you were expecting
0: do you want me to go first sure are we talking about books yes. None.
1: That's my answer too. Same. I mean, granted, I have not read everything in his catalog. I know that there are people out there that there are specific books they didn't care for necessarily, but with everything that I've read, just because I feel like the ones I sought out, I I liked, you know, so I haven't really had the opportunity to find anything yet that I just didn't care for.
0: He, uh, there's not, not every King book necessarily is for me, but every King book is good. Yeah. I guess that's what I would say. They didn't, it's not that they didn't live up to my expectations necessarily if they were ones that i wouldn't go back and necessarily reread it's just that maybe that story didn't speak to me but i can still acknowledge that it was very well written
1: next is what is your favorite king short story i actually
2: haven't read any i don't think
1: okay
0: pack your stuff get out of <laughs> i know i know I know.
1: So I feel like mine's probably a controversial answer just because I got into kind of an argument with somebody in Facebook, Constant Readers Group once, because they asked what my favorite uh, short story was. And my answer was The Body. And they got all up in arms and said, that's not a short story. That's a novella. And I'm kind of sitting here going, what's the difference? Because isn't a novella just a shorter book? So
0: I don't know. I think there's an actual like, it's, it's a number of pages type of thing or a number of mm-hmm. words. Like, if it's under if it's under X, then it's a short story. If it's between here and here, then it's this. And if it's over that, then it's a novel. I who cares what they think?
1: Well, then that's my answer. I, I have read The Body so many times. It's one of my favorites. And, of course, that obviously got adapted into Stand By Me, which is one of my favorite King adaptations also. Um, it just captures that angst and the feeling you have of being of a certain age and the friends you have. At that age, and the adventures you would go on, and the things you go through, just coming to terms with who you are and trying to figure that out, and the people who help you along the way—it's—it's it's, to me, it's a perfect story.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go with—I'm still gonna go with the Long Walk. I don't know if it qualifies as a short story or a novella. I will tell you that it is not the Dark Tower series and it's not the Stand. So <laughs> I don't know. Basically, anything that King writes—if it's less than 500 pages for him—that's a fucking short story, right? So I really don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. The, the Long Walk—that's my pick. Okay. And I think that that's where they whoever wrote The Hunger Games totally ripped off that book.
1: Okay. Or they saw Battle Royale.
0: The <laughs> Long Walk came before all of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Just <laughs> so then our next question is, your favorite Stephen King movie, whether or not it followed the book because none of them do completely, but which movie will you always watch if you see it on? The Stand. And
2: that's probably going to be your answer too.
0: Um, It, the remake, and Before You... Both get up in arms (laughs) that I picked it over the stand and the new it, not the Tim Curry it. Yeah, it
1: was more. It was more surprised that you picked the remake, not so much what you picked.
0: Yeah, Um, I like Tim Curry's it, but I like I I like Tim Curry. I don't necessarily care for the rest of the actress in that movie or in that (sighs) miniseries.
2: I can't John Ritter
0: will always be Three's Company for me, (laughs) always. Like, that's just him. He's always the dad in Problem Child, and I just can't see him any other way. I'm sorry. Uh, I just, but I
1: can't, I cannot agree.
2: Okay. I feel reason... like
0: the kids in the remake were great. Mm-hmm. I think Bill Skarsgård did a great job as Pennywise. No I don't argument. know that he was scarier than Tim Curry, because Tim no. Curry was straight up nightmare fuel. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I've, I don't know. That one entertains me more.
2: So I can, I can defend dad's answer of liking the remake more than the original, because just... Just like Dad, I don't think I liked any of the characters of the original cast. I just didn't think you guys are killing me here. Yeah, I know you're getting (laughs) shot down, but I will say that in the remake, I really liked most of them. Okay, just
0: yeah, and I can't pick the stand because of Harold. Harold ruins the whole thing. (laughs) I hate that he guy. Likes disco. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. And I, don't get me wrong, I like Gary Sinise. I think Gary Sinise did a fantastic job. M O O N, that spells coach, whatever that guy's name is, that was in coach. and Bill
1: Faberbake is also Patrick Starr.
0: Yeah, well, coach came first. Um, I think he did a great job. Rob Lowe. For not having almost yes. any. Did you say yum?
1: I said yes. Oh, uh,
0: you, you I it.
1: love Rob Lowe, Sorry.
0: For not having really any speaking part through the whole movie. He did a good job. Yeah. Agree. I mean, he talks, what, once? Yeah. In the whole movie? Yeah. In a, in a, a dream
1: sequence type thing. Yeah.
0: I mean, there's some great actors in there, but fucking Harold. <laughs>
1: I can't okay. believe you let one character feel, in that feel, for I you. I feel like
2: the Trash Man overrules Harold's because, performance. My life for you.
1: Because speaking of Eddie, the actor that they had play Larry Underwood for some reason, when I read the Gunslinger series, that is who I saw as Eddie. I don't know why. He just had a way about the way he talked. Maybe had something to do with him being from New York. I don't. I don't know what it was. But for some reason, the actor that portrayed Larry Underwood, that's who I saw as the character of Eddie. I think he would have played that part very well too. Mm. So, my favorite movie and this is this was actually pretty tough for me because for me I feel like the easy answers would be to say The Shawshank Redemption or The Green Mile even.
2: All right, I have to change my answer. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll let you.
0: I'll let okay, you go back. Yeah, I see how it is. I both did, of I you. Just, know, I
2: don't know that. I didn't know. That just go for the King
0: Oscar books. bait.
1: You didn't know that, uh-uh. both of you. Shameless. You know what? We actually. We actually bring that up in tomorrow's episode. That most people don't know that those are King Adapt- adaptations. Can't talk. And but. here
0: we sit in the studio with one of the uneducated. <laughs>
2: Yes, indeed. I am the uneducated.
0: He is now enlightened.
1: So for me, those would be the easy, obvious answers. And don't get me wrong. Those are some of the greatest films ever made, period. They really, really are. But my heart wants to say The Stand. I just do. It's another, it's it's very much like the book itself. I get, even though I've seen, I've been watching The Stand since I was in the fifth grade. I'm almost 40 now. I still watch it a, a lot. It's a comfort movie for me as long as it is, but I get as emotionally invested in that miniseries as I did the book. That movie still makes me cry every single time and just agree with what Travis was saying. So many of those performances were amazing, Um, particularly Gary Sinise. He's, his character and Larry, they are probably, Probably my favorite characters of that film. I, I thought they did a tremendous job. And even the guy who I don't necessarily see him as Randall Flag slash the man in black. Um, he did okay. He was still pretty good. He wouldn't be somebody I would pick for that role necessarily. But even he was just kind of that kooky, crazy, had some swagger about him type of thing. Uh,
0: the issue I had with him is that I don't feel like that actor was charismatic enough to fill that role. Flagg is supposed to be basically the devil and yeah. he can talk you into doing anything
1: and guys don't at me for this but and i actually thought matthew mcconaughey did a pretty good now when you black. talk
0: about randall flag that's who i think of yeah is matthew mcconaughey all
1: right all right all right
0: and i feel like that if they either. did a remake of the stand third remake of the stand and cast him as randall flag because it's the same person i think he could do it
1: be a lot cooler if they did It'd be a lot cooler <laughs> <if> they did.
0: <laughs> you were waiting for that yeah but she no cuz I think that on on screen Matthew McConaughey has that charisma and you would I believe do, yeah. him being a the devil or a cult leader or whatever I think he could he sell crazy.
2: it. To time I out... I am saying he looks crazy.
1: To time out for two seconds, because at the beginning of this episode, we were talking about X. And the character, uh, his name Martin Henderson. That's yeah, the it. one with the cowboy hat. He did a spot on, if he was trying to be Matthew McConaughey...
0: He failed.
1: No, he did not. I thought he did that <laughs> so fucking well. Like, he sounded like him. He had some of the same mannerisms. Like, it was creepy.
0: It was... It almost looked like he was trying to channel Matthew McConaughey for that.
1: I thought he did great.
0: I mean, I don't think he sold it, but he did it well enough that even I thought that guy's trying to be Matthew McConaughey.
1: Yeah. So moving back, Aiden, do you want to, you wanted to change your answer? Um, yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to change my answer to the gunslinger movie. You I'm kidding. You are full I'm of kidding. shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> that would be the worst. I'm, you're giving me the death stare just for joking about it, which is fair. That movie was terrible. I'm sorry. It just was. No disrespect to Idris Elba. He played a great character. He did. But that was not, that was not the gunslinger.
0: So we've talked about that before. And I think this is one of the questions coming up, right? Which one Mm-mm. were we most disappointed oh, yeah. in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and move on to that one, and I'll start (laughs) with that Well, he was supposed to
1: explain to us why um, he changed his answer and
0: what it was. So
2: I am changing my answer to the Green Mile, and yeah, yeah, Oscar bait. But the reason I'm changing it is because while, yes, the stand was good, the Green Mile almost made me cry. Yeah. (laughs) Like...
0: You should read the book. Oh, I
2: bet the book is so much worse. It but is. Man, that that movie just hurts to watch. And it is one of the ones where if I see someone turn it on, I'm going to sit down and watch it, no matter what.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And now, piggybacking off of what you were just talking about, Travis, Stephen King movie you won't watch or disappointed you, if any.
0: Okay. I think all of our the three of our answers tower. are the same. It's the Dark Tower. It's the Dark Tower. Yeah. the Dark Tower. The dark tower. The dark and, tower. Yeah. and here's the thing. It's got nothing to do with Matthew McConaughey being The man in black. He did great. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with them casting Idris Elba as the gunslinger. He did great. He did great. Yeah. Both of those perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Casting choices. I know that there was, I'm not going not gonna to wade into this territory completely, but we're going to get our toes wet. I know there was some discussion over whether or not Idris Elba should be cast as the gunslinger because they were like, Roland was white. You're casting an African American actor as the gunslinger. It doesn't matter to me. No. Same. He sold me Roland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He had it's the attitude, mood. the it's seriousness, an attitude, yeah. he had the personality. I think he did a fantastic he did, job. He
2: did that initial machine like Roland really he well. He did.
0: Yeah. I think Matthew McConaughey had. Just enough Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation crazy (laughs) to be... The man in black. Yeah. To play Martin.
2: He had the charisma to but play at the same that time, because Martin
0: was very charismatic. Mm-hmm. He seduced Roland's mother. I mean, he yeah. he was just that guy, and I feel like Matthew McConaughey kind of oozes that a little bit. I didn't care for Jake. No. I did not no. care for the way they cast Jake. But my biggest disappointment in that movie was that in no way, shape, or form did it follow any of the books in yeah. the whole fucking series. Like if they had just said we're gonna make book one The Gunslinger, I'm good. If they had said We're going to make the first two books and make it, you know, a two and a half hour movie and just put the two of them together and cast Jesse Pinkman as Eddie. I'm good, (laughs) right?
2: Yeah, I feel like if they took the entire Dark Tower series and just did the Lord of the Rings approach with it. No shit. That would be the highest grossing book series ever to be turned into a movie.
0: I don't know. They sold a shitload of Harry Potter books.
2: Yeah, no, but I'm saying as a series that they would definitely top charts.
1: That's my thing is not everybody has read the Lord of the Rings series. Not everybody has read the Hobbit series. Yes, series like Harry Potter or Twilight. Yes, there was a lot of... It, it did really well. But there are enough of us King fans, be it casual or constant readers, that I think would have enough interest in his material that, yes, take that entire... It's it's seven books. It's literally the same as Harry Potter. Not if even you,
0: close. It's not even close to Harry Potter.
1: No, no, no. I mean the amount of books.
0: Yeah, but look at the length of those books.
1: Uh, that's, that's true. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's where you run into it's a
0: problem. Boring. If you take the Dark Tower series and split it up into books of the same length as the Harry Potter series, you're probably looking looking at closer to 9 mm-hmm. maybe 10 of those books. We just know need some of them got a little long at the end. Yeah. But I shit you not I think the Dark Tower the the final book book mm-hmm. 7 I I think it's like 800 pages long. The thing that thing is a it's, deadly weapon. You could bludgeon someone to death with it.
2: <laughs> there would be a Deathly Hallows one, two, and three for that book.
0: Yeah.
1: We just need somebody who loves and respects the source material well enough to do it the justice that it needs. Did you get, just
0: say Mike Flanagan?
1: I was going to say, get somebody like Mike Flanagan, who obviously has a deep amount of respect for the source material. Get him to do it. Yes, it would be a daunting task, but there are plenty of people out there, directors, who love his stuff. So we, I
2: think it can be done. We just... And need the interest in it.
0: And I think the King fans would show up. If you I do. if you build it, we will come.
2: <laughs> so, here's my thing. The reason I say that it would probably be one of the highest grossing book series to ever get turned into a movie is for one reason. Yes, not many people have probably read the entire Dark Tower series, but a lot of people are still going to be a fan of Stephen King's work, and you're telling me I get guns, magic, and monsters? Frick, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Any, anyone who is a fan of anything fantasy would totally watch that. You get guns, magic, and monsters shoved into one thing.
1: Yeah, which I think is a good segue into Mary's final question, which is, if you could drop into one of his stories, which one would you be? A good guy, a baddie, and what would you do while you were there? And again, I think we're all in agreement here.
0: I'd be a gunslinger.
2: I'd be a gunslinger. You guys are going to hate me for this. <laughs>
0: You'd be a prisoner at Shawshank?
2: I'd be the man in black. (laughs) You're telling me I get god-level magical power, and I slept with Roland's mom? (laughs) Absolutely. If only because I can make fun of Roland, and chase him around in circles going, Yeah, but I slept with your mom. I know you want to kill me, but... (laughs) Your mom. Ah. So...
0: So just bear in mind that all his phenomenal cosmic power You'd did not save choice. him from a bullet in the head.
2: That's fair. <laughs> it did not.
0: So I would have to chase you down mm-hmm. with the, was it the Horn of Gilead? <laughs> Isn't that it? Anyway, I'd be a gunslinger. I think it's cool. Those guys were like the ultimate badasses. Yes. Um, Tell you I don't what know. I, it shows it in the movie, you know, like ro- Roland reloading mm-hmm. and oh. how he, he never misses really a shot ever. Even in the movie, it does not do it justice. Yeah. yeah here's what money. he can do in the book
2: here's my thing i would probably play that more intelligently than the actual man in black did because when you were sitting there crippled by poison and about to be eaten by lobster folk i'll probably just kill you there like i won't let you chase me i'm just gonna wait until you're crippled and dying and i'm just gonna i can't snap that's okay
0: because i'll be on my third playthrough oh i see (laughs) well do i throw that out there for people who have not read the book
1: sure why not
0: so the end of the i feel really bad about doing that
1: I feel like so when you when you get to
0: the end of the Dark Tower, if you if you have not read the book, there's a there's a thing. Roland makes it to the door at the top of the tower, and then you get some notes from King, and he says, "I wrote an ending in this book. Most people don't like it. I advise you very strongly to stop here."
1: Didn't stop me. Do
0: not continue. I went. Wait, you wrote an ending? I have to know what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. He gets to the end. So the very first line of the very first book is. The man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. The very last line of the very last book is the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. And Only Travis this time.
1: treated it like Ron Burgundy treats a burrito when he's full.
0: So I took a... <laughs> hardback and threw it out the window of my pickup because I was sitting in the parking lot eating lunch when I finished the book and I was so mad, so mad because I wanted him to win. I didn't want him to start over. What kind of bullshit is that?
2: (laughs) He's got to go for the best ending.
0: And then I thought who am I to question Stephen King? And I got out and I went and got the book and dusted it off. And, <laughs> and it was 40 bucks. And it was an, ex- that's, that's the most I've ever spent on a book. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, this is the last one. All the rest of them had come from like thrift shops and flea markets and garage mm-hmm. sales and shit. I was like, this is the last one. I'm buying a good one. And Yeah.
2: I just think it's funny that Roland's entire story is just a roguelike video game. You get to the end, you get a cool item, you start over.
0: Well, he started over in true vault hunter mode. He had
1: he his horn, he? has got to crank up the difficulty. He started back over with the horn, right? But he had the horn. Yeah.
0: yeah. But he was missing two fingers. True. So.
1: So that's my answer too. If I were to drop in any any universe, it would also be, I, I'd want to be a gunslinger. Would I you mean, be
0: Susanna? Yeah. Throwing Why not? sharp plates at people?
1: Why not? I mean, as much hardship as they go through, they also. So get to see the most fantastical stuff and who better than to train you to be a gunslinger than Roland himself it's That's just I, I can't think of anywhere else I'd rather be
0: listen if he could turn junkie Eddie Dean into a gunslinger he can turn anybody
1: into no a gunslinger kidding. So that was the end of Mary's question, but I pose one final question to you guys. Who's your favorite Stephen King character?
0: Didn't we just answer that question?
1: No, we didn't.
0: My favorite Stephen King character. Mm-hmm. Like a character in his books or a character that he plays in a movie? What no. were you talking about? In a book. Oh, Roland.
2: Yeah. I, I honestly can't decide. Um, and this is So I didn't much care for Jake, so I can't pick him. Because at, at this point, I've essentially narrowed it down to my favorite characters come from the Gunslinger series. Um, um, I can't say Jake, can't say Oi. and I really like Roland, but I'm gonna have to say Eddie. I'm gonna have to say Eddie Dean. I liked Eddie. The man went from a, from a druggie to a really, really dangerous gunslinger trained by the legendary man himself. And telling him is...
0: stupid jokes about why was the baby stapled to the chicken. <laughs>
2: That's fair, but that's just such a redemption arc, and I really loved the character development
0: from him.
1: Yeah, he had a. I would say he had a complete arc. That's
0: it true. would be really difficult for me not to pick one of Roland's friends, though. That's mm-hmm. fair. From uh, Wizard and Glass. Oh
1: God, I loved Cuthbert. Yeah, Cuthbert, Cuthbert was, was one good. of my favorites. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, except he wasn't as fast. He just wasn't as fast as Roland, and that's why he died mm-hmm. because he, he died. was just a fraction of a second slower.
1: So I'm kind of torn with my choice. Um, I feel like there are a lot of obvious answers, and I know that some of you were probably expecting me to go rolling myself, but I'm not going to. It would be easy for me to say Red from The Shawshank Redemption, I thought he was a wonderful character. Um, and a big part of my heart also wants to say Nick Andros from The Stand, just because there's a lot of stuff he deals with internally, especially with religion, that I can personally relate to. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna give a tie on my answer between Stu Redman and Larry Underwood. Just because I said earlier, those are my favorite two characters from that novel. I cannot choose between
0: the two of them. Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. (laughs) I, I don't even know what to say to you about that like that you didn't pick Roland. Stu do, is a good guy though. I do love Roland. Even if he did hook up with Molly Ringwald, he's he's still a good At dude. At
1: the end of the day, that book meant more to me than any book in the Dark Tower did, I guess.
0: It tackles some pretty heavy shit in that in Yes, that book.
1: again, it, maybe that's because of its its tones of religion and and stuff. It yeah, it meant a little bit more to me and that, and that's why it's ultimately my favorite book. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. no, I, I get that. There's there's definitely some he, he traversed Versus some very difficult subject matter. Yes. In that book. Mm-hmm. So.
1: I mean, it's, it's strange because you have somebody like Mother Abigail who's supposed to be the purest Christian to ever Christian in their life. And I didn't care for her character very much. I thought she tended to be incredibly selfish at times in order to carry out this big plan. And part of the reason Larry is one of my favorite characters is because of his ultimate sacrifice i guess so yeah
0: is it still a sacrifice when you don't have a choice because he was kind of i feel like he could have refused to
1: go if he really wanted to he could have but he he didn't so
0: okay i think
1: harold gets a bad rap so you just stop
0: we'll agree to disagree (laughs) harold's a piece of shit
1: that's scary
0: (laughs) well he is I mean, he's basically a domestic terrorist. He blew up a house full of people because yes. he couldn't hook up with the girl that he really wanted to, and then he couldn't hook up with the girl that he thought wanted him, so...
1: Yes, but at the same time, I don't remember the last time you read The Stand, if at all, but...
0: I he, only read it one time.
1: He's much more fleshed out in the novel than he is in the film. And yeah, and he
0: wasn't a skinny guy in the novel.
1: No, well, he, he lost weight over time. He was
0: not a skinny guy in the beginning.
1: Yeah, he's much more fleshed out to where you do have mixed feelings and you do sort of feel some sympathy toward him. I I mean, that's one thing I love about King's characters so much is they're so layered and complicated that at times you're rooting for the person you shouldn't root for and not rooting for the person you should be rooting for. It's very odd.
0: Yeah, I don't know that he's got any really like one-dimensional characters in any of his books. Yeah,
1: I mean, because there was even a point in the Dark Tower where I felt sympathy for Mordred even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that kind of. So.
2: What? Anyway. <laughs> Wasn't it like the Crimson King that you don't ever see anything of? Like, he doesn't talk.
0: They Well, they, they talk about the Crimson King like he's supposed to be the ultimate big bad. And, then he's and I'm just... going to need you to talk into the microphone. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and... <laughs> you can't look
1: at your dad because then you're yeah. facing away from yeah. the microphone.
0: Um, but his, the Crimson King, it, it's sort of anticlimactic. Like, they struggle a lot more with his lackeys on the way there than they actually do. Yeah. Okay, well, Andrew busts out his freaking pink eraser and just erases the Crimson King. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because... The, like, get, there is no
0: fight. Yeah, he so. gets to the tower
2: and it's just like, dead. That was the only
1: yeah. thing I felt was a little anticlimactic, if I'm being
2: honest. Oops, that was why I was bringing up the Crimson King. Because he just like, you hear about him, you hear about him. You about him. It. It's like, oh, man, this is going to be some fight, huh? And then he's just nothing but evil. And then Well, dies.
0: yeah, but by then you know that the Crimson King, all these worlds are basically exist inside Stephen King's mind because he wrote himself into the series.
2: Oh,
1: man, that made me think of one more thing I want to ask. Okay. What is the saddest thing by King you've ever read? I think I know your answer already.
0: The saddest thing? Yeah. I think I'll have to think about that, honestly.
1: Really? I would, I think, I feel like I could guess. Your answer.
0: I feel like you probably can't. Okay. But you can try.
1: I if it were my guess, guessing for you, I would say the long walk.
0: Okay, you got it. <laughs> You should read you've, it. You really should read it. Sometime. Me, you've told me
1: a hundred times, like that's like the saddest thing. By the ever end of read. that
0: book, it just rips your heart out. Yeah. If you're a human, you know. <laughs> obviously, if you're not human and you read it, you're probably not going to feel anything. But if you have a beating heart, that the end of that book will hurt you and your feels.
1: That is exactly how I feel about Wizard and Glass. That was going to be my answer. So the first time I read it, again, I was so anxious to find out what happened after Blaine that I wanted no part of this, for all intents and purposes, prequel. But when I gave it a second chance on my second journey. I found that it may actually be my favorite book of that series because I got so immersed in this world and the other new characters that reading it this time and everything that happens to Roland oh my god ripped my heart out oh god tears me up but that's all the questions I have so I guess we're gonna wrap this baby up and bid you adieu till next time but look forward to an episode tomorrow where we're talking about 1989's Pet Cemetery, Childhood trauma a movie for most. So yeah, again, we have my best friend and Easter egg recipient, uh, Mary Ann to guest star with us. And then after that, beginning of May, we will tackle Jaws.
0: So Jaws is actually the beginning of our summer series, right? Yes. We're, we're going be... like a summer spectacular.
1: This is going to be like a... Well, I would say it's going to be a three-month endeavor, ultimately. I mean, it kind of is, except that our first month, month of May, we're going to introduce summer camp movies, but not the ones you think, we We're going to. We're going to look at some less talked about summer camp films. And then we get a Friday the 13th in May. So we will be covering the original Friday the 13th. And segue into June and July covering the entire Friday the 13th series. Woohoo!
0: But not Freddy versus Jason. No. (laughs) That will not be included.
1: So look forward to that. I have been looking forward to that since we started this channel.
0: Jason X will be included.
1: Is it? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I can't remember, but definitely all the way up to Jason Goes to Hell for sure. Yeah. I'm so fucking excited. I can't stand it.
0: Yeah, but we're going to be doing what? Jaws? For sure. Yes. We're going to be doing Jaws?
1: sleepaway camp the burning oh i can't for some reason i can't remember what the other one is
0: that's okay
1: <laughs> we'll have to i'll have to rag my brain to figure out remember what that last one was but yeah I, i'm really excited
0: i'm excited to do sleepaway camp
1: oh friday the 13th yeah that's what it is jaws the yeah, burning okay <laughs> sleepaway camp and friday the 13th yeah not necessarily in that order of course but no yeah.
0: because we will release friday the 13th on friday the 13th
1: yes so aiden may help out for a couple of those i know he. He really—he's like me and the minority of people that actually like Friday the Thirteenth: A New Beginning. So, yep, you like spiders?
2: You just get a spiders? A spider on a string? <laughs> that's how it says it.
0: I—I you- know that's how he says it. I just think that you've seen them all, probably as much as your mother has.
2: I've seen them too many times. Yes.
0: Yeah. First right. will be Jaws.
1: First will be Jaws. That's going to be for our good friend and Travis superfan Kent.
0: Well, you got to bring that up.
1: Maybe Travis will read the entire phone book You're to just him trying to make
0: it weird. <laughs> now All you've right. made everyone uncomfortable. How, a little do you, bit. how do you feel about yourself now?
2: Good job.
1: I feel pretty damn good, baby. How are you feeling?
0: Awkward. You've only made this worse.
1: All right, guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Bye. Well, that's just what we call pillow talk, baby.